Your weekend begins in Crystal Palette's wine country with sommelier Crystal Cameron Shad. Every week, Crystal takes your palate on a journey from the vineyard to the glass and opens your mind to the endless choices that await your next sip. Uncork your passion starting now on your trip through wine country on Seaville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. And thanks so much for tuning in on the show today. We're going to explore Casanel Vineyards and Winery. It's a family-owned and operated vineyard and winery in the heart of Leesburg, Virginia, in the middle in the Middleburg AVA. The winery opened for business in 2008 and specializes in small lot handcrafted wines. Winemaker Katie D'Souza is spending some time with us today. Katie, thanks so much for uh, taking some time. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Crystal. A pleasure for sure. So, uh, like many wineries, uh, it's true across the world, really. Like many small wineries, it really is a family affair. How did your family get started in the wine business? Oh, that's always one of my favorite questions uh, to get asked because the 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 short end of it, the short answer is um, my parents empty nested really badly when my sister and I left for college. Um, so we kind of got we kind of fell into it. Honestly, um, my parents. You know, they had for 30 years, they had a successful, very successful um, construction business in Fairfax, Virginia. And, you know, time was going and um, my dad, you know, he wanted to retire. He wanted to spend more time with the family. So we kind of forced him to retire a little bit too early, I think. And uh, my mom had always wanted a farm. She'd always wanted a place to call home, you know, something that was ours as a family. So they had been looking for land for a really long time, and they settled on, on Loudoun County. And lo and behold, one November day, they um, stumbled upon Casnell Farm. They didn't know it at the time, but it was a 42-acre plot of land out in Leesburg, Virginia. And, you know, my mom and dad looked at each other, and they said, this is it. This is our new home. So, um, honestly, you know, the, the whole thing about winemaking didn't come to fruition, awful pun, <laughs> um, until – you know, we started to really look at the site and say, hey, let's let's plant grapes here. Um, you know, it was just, you know, 2008 was around the time of the big wine boom in Loudoun County. Right. We were number 22 in the county um, back in 2008 when we opened our doors. So, And how many you know, in Loudoun think, County today? What's that? How many wineries in Loudoun County today? Who knows? <laughs> I think there's 46 okay. operating now right but i think there's more to come yeah we've so, seen such huge growth up there huge wine wine area oh, county but so. yeah it was it was definitely you know just something we kind of fell into as a family and we'd always been you know in construction so this was a way for my dad to kind of go back to his roots and work with the land we you know reused a lot of the wood on our property a lot of the uh, rocks and stones and and did a lot of renovating and then you know one thing led to another and here we are and I understand with the property, there's actually some historical buildings on the property when you purchased it, correct? Yes, we had um, a couple barns and a log cabin. The barns both dated back to the early 1800s. Um, the first time they paid taxes was around 1811. So who knows how, wow. uh, how long these uh, <laughs> buildings are actually up. But the log cabin itself um, was built around 1751, so pre-America. My dad is crazy about all things america you know he always jokes that thomas jefferson is his best friend so um <laughs> he he fell in love with definitely the architecture and the buildings on the properties first 
And um, he actually hand renovated um, the log cabin himself, and uh, that's where I currently live. So oh, we wow. all live on property, which is kind of fun too. We're a little crazy. We we definitely love each other um, a lot. So this business makes a lot of sense for us. Oh, that's generational business. And you know, we're gonna I was gonna talk about that too on the program about you know what is it like working with your family every day? I mean, that's you know it's not just Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? You're day in, day yeah. out, good, bad. <laughs> you're sure. all, you're all in. What's that like? Mm-hmm. Um, again, you kind of have to be crazy, I think, to be in this business in the first place. And, um, you know, I grew up, uh, in the construction world, you know, the construction industry with my family and we were always together. The employees, you know, they weren't employees. They were friends. They were family. You know, we would do everything together from, you know, go to parties, go to movies, hang out around the office. You know, they raised me and, um, this kind of business you have to be family. Um, you have to trust a lot, which mm-hmm. is is tough um, in this day and age. And you have to work really hard, which also is um, kind of hard to find those kind of people. So family, it does it does fall back on the family a lot. Um, you know, I guess that's why we, we drink a lot of good wine. <laughs> it helps even out uh, the stresses of life. Brings, but, um, brings a little bit of joy, I right? I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. Oh. Um That's so nice to hear, and you hear that so often, especially in farming, agriculture, the wine business. You really hear that a lot, and that is nice to hear about kind of getting back to the tradition and, you know, being with your family and supporting, and that whole honesty and trust factor is so important. Uh, Getting to your dad for a second, I understand um, Nelson is really, you know, you were talking about how Thomas Jefferson, he jokes around that it's his best friend. He really is walking in Jefferson's footsteps uh, with growing grapes here in Virginia, and uh, Jefferson saw so much promise for this land that we have. And uh, your dad, um, you know, he had, he is really living the American dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ and my dad, two peas in a pod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the one of the, the biggest things that my father loves to quote about Thomas Jefferson, one of his favorite co- quotes is, uh, the most noble profession is a farmer. And I think, you know, when he did retire from the construction business, he just, you know, some people are just born with you know, talent, and they're just blessed with this ability to create things. And that's my dad. Um, He's such a visionary. And, you know, he was number one of 12 children, um, born and raised in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. Um, He came to the States early in his life. Um, um, When he permanently came here, he was 19 in the early 1960s. And honestly, he never looked back. He fell in love with America, the people, the places, but most of all, the opportunity, um, really, the opportunity to be somebody, to make something of himself. And, you know, he, he always says every day is an opportunity for greatness. So, um, fortunately, he met and fell in love with my mom, Casey, and, you know, they started their own construction business. Again, it was about a 30-year run the two of them had, and it, they loved it, you know, it, Pouring concrete is one of my dad's favorite things to do. So <laughs> when we were renovating, you know, he was just head to toe covered in sawdust, covered in, you know, cement, all that stuff. And he, he loves working with his hands. Um, but I think that when my sister and I came along buying the farm and having a homestead, homestead so to speak, gave them the perfect chance to do something different, um, you know, not necessarily working for someone else, you know, doing a job or, you know, building a home or building a driveway or, or whatever it may be. Um, this gave them the perfect chance to create something out of nothing. And, you know, 
something new that we could all each call our own. So it was our home, you know, it's our, it's our place. And I love it's, to hear it's that. It's a wonderful spirit. feeling to belong. You know? Yeah. No, I love to hear that story and uh, love to hear stories like that. Just that, you know, you can really create anything you want with hard work and determination and dedication. Yeah. And uh, you hear that so much with, um, with like stories like your father's and I really appreciate you sharing that with yeah. our audience today. Yeah, it's, uh, and, it's the American dream. It is. You know? he, and it's still alive is... and well, it's still alive and well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the name Casanel, I understand it's a little merger of sorts. Yeah. So um, uh, when my parents were in the construction business, they had a, a bunch of side businesses, LLCs, you know, they were into real estate and things like that. And my dad, he, he jokes, you know, if he really likes you, he gives you a nickname. And um, he had one business called Nelka. And uh, we still have that business today. And it's actually uh, Nelson and Kathleen, my mom and dad, their names. Okay. Um, so <laughs> before my, my grandmother passed away, she would joke with my dad, oh, you're so mucho macho. You know, you need to put Casey first. You know, the next business put Casey first. So uh, lo and behold, he listened to my grandma, probably the first time ever. And uh, he put my mom first. So it's actually Casanel is Casey and Nelson, my mom and dad. So. Oh, I love that. They're a yeah, little yeah, Brangelina story, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, but a better ending, but a better ending there. So, yes. mm-hmm, yeah. And, you know, it sounds really romantic. And, you know, again, it's just another facet of our business that reflects how our family Family and, um, family know, and love. together over this business. Oh, absolutely. Well, Katie, stand by for one second. I'm going to take a quick break. And on the other side, I want to kind of take a deep dive into your wine portfolio, your philosophy, and also, you know, what compelled you not only to join the business, but what uh, inspired your love of wine. So stay with us. Uh, we'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Crystal Pellet's Wine Country. It's spring in Virginia, and things are starting to pop, especially corks. April is Virginia Vineyard Month, and it's a great time to get out and find your favorites. Over 260 breathtaking vineyards are rolling out the welcome mat with special tastings, music, and local cuisine. There are world-class wines being made in every region of our state. Just go to virginiawine.org to plan your trip and start popping. And welcome back to the show. If you're just tuning in, I have Katie D'Souza. She is the winemaker at Casanel Vineyards and Winery. She's joining us today. Uh, Casanel is up in Loudoun County, and it's a short drive um, from Charlottesville. It's a great way to uh, take a little afternoon on a Saturday to go uh, check out the surroundings. Lots of great uh, wineries in the wine scene up in that in that area, in the Middleburg AVA. And uh, Casey, uh, Katie, excuse me, Katie was telling us all about. I was, I was uh, messing up the Casanel name there, Katie. So uh, Katie, Katie was. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> so uh, Katie was telling us all about the history of the property and how their family got into the wine industry just a few minutes ago. And I want to take some time to really talk about um, your wine portfolio because you're doing some really interesting things. And we are seeing a lot of interesting things throughout Virginia. Uh, and a lot of people are really kind of saying, you know, the Bordelais varietals are doing really well here. And speaking of Bordelais varietals, you're doing something, uh, you're doing a grape called Carmenere which uh, for the listeners out there that may not know, it was a traditional Bordeaux blending grape that pretty much became extinct. And they had a lot of success with it in Chile, but they thought they were planting Merlot, which is kind of interesting, but it ended up being Carmenere. Um, You don't hear about that very often in Virginia. So tell us the story about what made this so appealing to plant here and uh, what kind of success you're seeing with it. 
Oh, I, I have to, to blame my dad on this one. Um, he was, uh, and thankfully, so uh, the Carmenere is definitely one of our, our best-selling and best-known wines that we produce here at, at Casanova Grove. So when we were, you know, getting ready to lay out the vineyards and starting to, to pick which varieties we wanted, you know, we wanted to go with a little bit more of a traditional French um, portfolio. My parents are definitely fonder of French-style, European-style wines. So, you know, we planted Chardonnay, we have some Pinot Gris, we also grow a handful of Viognier, a little bit of Cabernet Sauvignon, Petit Verdot. Um, but the two big, big plantings that we did was definitely the Norton, our estate Norton and the estate Carmenere. Um, when my dad got involved with the planting, he wanted something that was reminiscent of South America. You know, we were going back and forth between Malbec, you know, and Carmenere and Dad was like, well, nobody really has Carmenere, um, so let's try that, you know. It's, it's you know, doing super well in Chile. Let's let's see if we can do it. So he definitely was at the forefront of that. Um, unfortunately for us, it took a really long time uh, for the Carmenere to figure itself out, so to speak. So fortunately, you know, my dad did not listen to, you know, our previous consultants, the consultants and, and even friends of, of the family who were like, rip it out, rip it out plant Merlot or Cap Franc, you know, it's never going to, never going to produce what you want it to. And fortunately with my dad, you know, I, I asked him, I kind of begged him, I was like, please don't rip it out. You know, let's, let's work with it. Let's stop fighting with it. Let's, let's feed it full of your nutrients. Let's, you know, let's do something different and see, see what we can make. And, and, you know, here we are nearly 10 years years later later, with the first full varietal, hundred percent estate grown Carmenere. So talk a little bit about what that portfolio looks like. Not the portfolio, excuse me, but talk a little bit about what um, the profile of Carmenere looks like, in the particular the one that you're growing. So typically um, when you're describing a Chilean Carmenere, it's, it's got really nice body, medium to heavy body, lots of spice, lots of earthy undertones, um, more along the dark red, red to dark fruit flavor profile there. Um, here at Casnell, you know, we, we're a little bit constricted. We don't have, you know, the the best climate per se for growing grapes, which, you know, as a vineyard manager, you got to adapt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so our Carmenere is known for being a little bit more medium bodied. It definitely has that really nice spiciness to it, but it's not green in any way. You're not getting, you know, that, that crazy pyrazine, that uh, green bell pepper flavor that seems to pervade some of the Cab Franc uh, flavors. Instead, it's kind of more like, um, a sophisticated Cap Franc, let's just say that. You, you, you get a really nice textural base, lots of acidity. It kind of fills your mouth up with um, more of that raspberry, black cherry flavor, and then you get that little hit of, of baking spice and just a touch of cigar box on the finish. So um, it sounds when we're making delicious. our Carmenere, we, we never um, kind of – we don't really hit it with a lot of new French oak. Usually mm-hmm. it's about 25% new French oak, 75% neutral just to to give it its own kind of flavor and make it make it really unique. I'm so glad you mentioned that about the pyrazine quality with Carmenere because I know a lot of times, uh, especially some of the uh, less expensive Carmenere's from Chile, um, you know, Carmenere can be a beautiful grape, but sometimes it can be mm-hmm. a little bit too herbaceous uh, from a little bit of that greenness. So uh, really glad yeah. that you touched upon that for those that are familiar with the grape that are maybe a little hesitant. So, um, yeah, but I think it's, it's something... all about canopy management for sure. And and making sure you, you get maximum ripeness when you need it. Bingo, right? I mean, ripeness, is it's a, that's what it's all about, especially with Cap Franc, mm-hmm. you know, uh, two grapes that really yeah. do well. Um, 
picked just at the right time. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit Timing about is essential. <laughs> oh, it's 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 amazing in the wine industry. I've learned so much just going out in the vineyards with some winemakers over the past couple of years. Just how how critical, I mean, even a day can make in some cases. So uh, with Mother Nature, uh, she has her own way of uh, handling things, I think. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, go- he's just got to pray. Yes, right, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now, talk about the sparkling Norton that you're doing. Um, Norton, I know Chrysalis has been, you know, leading the charge as well as Horton on, you know, really reviving, mm-hmm. uh, bringing back the tradition of Norton, which is considered America's real grape because it was indigenous. It was a, not indigenous, but it was created in Richmond by Dr. Norton, and there's really mm-hmm. a push to really uh, bring back this grape and you're doing something I, I believe that no one else is doing right now a sparkling version of yeah. it. Yeah um, we are actually the I, I believe we are the first um, in Virginia and perhaps the world a little shout out for Castell to create a sparkling <laughs> Norton. Um, when when we came up with the idea you know my consultant my uh, current consultant uh, Kitel Brio she was a little bit apprehensive about it. She was like, how are we going to do this? <laughs> um, you know, but it was a way for me to kind of erase the stigma that some wine drinkers have with Norton. A lot of people that come behind the bar, um, I'm a little different as a winemaker. I, I like to be behind the bar. I like to do tastings. I like to talk and kind of gauge my audience's reaction when they try the wine. Um, Norton's kind of like Chardonnay. You either love it or you hate it. Like so many people, because of winemaking style, they just Mm. think, oh, Norton's going to be muddy. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be tannic, you know, or or overly acidic, something like that. So this was a way for me to one kind of experiment as a winemaker and kind of see, you know, what my winemaking style could be. Um, and also to a way to elevate, uh, Norton's perception in the tasting room. Um, you know, sparkling wine is is so popular right now. A lot of people, you know, they just want bubbles. It's it's not just for a special occasion. You can have bubbles on a Tuesday night, you know, just celebrate Tuesday. Um, so we figured, why not make Norton into a bubbly? It's, you know, got a really great acid to it, acidity to it, rather. And it's got beautiful red fruits. And it's almost kind of like, you know, making a baby Lambrusco almost. Like <laughs> I was going to say, is it dry? Really fruity and tart and, and beautiful. Are you doing a dry version, or is there a little bit of residual sugar in there? It's it's a brute, so okay. about 0.7, residual sugar, not not too much. Again, we really want that acidity to, to shine through. And, and it's a gorgeous and ruby it, color, um, too. Method Champenoise, so we do wait about two years, you know, have it age on the leaves. We do secondary fermentation by hand, and then uh, we also disgorge by hand, too. Well, very cool. You have to go up to Castanel and check that out. Certainly certainly worth the drive to check out the Sparkling Norton and actually all of your portfolio, but something so unique and interesting with the Sparkling Norton and the Carmenere, especially here in Virginia. Um, now, you are uh, considered one of the younger winemakers in Virginia. Uh, are you compelled to try more risks with your techniques, or are you more of a traditionalist walking in kind of your dad's footsteps? Whew, that's a tough question. Um, a little bit of both. Um, I think that, you know, definitely when we're going through our portfolio, we want to make wines that we know will work um, and will reach the the demographic of clientele that we want. You know, the wine appreciators, people who who know wine and, and want to drink good wine, good mm-hmm. Virginia wine. So we're never like too crazy. <laughs> you know, we have the sparkling Norton and the Carmenere. We also do a Norton port style Um but, you know, each wine fulfills a specific flavor profile in our portfolio, I would say. You know, 
we do, um, you know, two different styles of Pinot Gris. We actually named them after my sister's um, baby girl. So we've got the Eliana and the Patricia Marie Pinot Gris. Um, Eliana is a stainless steel aged Pinot, and then Patricia Marie is actually aged in American oak barrels. We've got, um, you know, a reserve-style Chardonnay that's aged in barrel. We don't put it through malolactic fermentation, which is kind of risky, but um, most everyone who tries our Chardonnay likes it because it's not that crazy butter bomb <laughs> margarine like, stick, you know. Yeah, like you're licking a stick of land lakes. Oak chippy style that right. Cali is so known for. You know, it's, it's when we go into the winery, when we go into each season, each harvest, you know, we want to make wine that's unique not only to Castanel, but also to Virginia. You know, it's, it's a constant, you know, battle to make Virginia wine be noticed and, and, you know, get people excited about Virginia wine for sure. I think you hit so on a really that's good... kind of what we do. Yeah, I think you hit on a really good point, Katie, about, you know, we are starting to see, the industry is starting to see uh, more recognition from a national and even international level. And it's about doing those things that we can do very well here, but also that kind of stand out because anybody can grow a Chardonnay. Not to say that it's not part of your portfolio, yeah, but yeah. doing a, an amazing Carmenere in Virginia, I think that turns some heads. So being willing to take some risks with what, you know, within the wheelhouse of what you have to work with, with the terroir, with the soil, with the climate. So I think that's very cool what you guys are doing up there. Um, we're going to take a quick break, Katie, and then I want to talk a little bit about kind of what's next for you and how people can find you. So stay with us. You're listening to Crystal Pallet's Wine Country. It's spring in Virginia, and things are starting to pop, especially corks. April is Virginia Vineyard Month, and it's a great time to get out and find your favorites. Over 260 breathtaking vineyards are rolling out the welcome mat with special tastings, music, and local cuisine. There are world-class wines being made in every region of our state. Just go to virginiawine.org to plan your trip and start popping. Welcome back to the show. Katie D'Souza from Casanel Vineyards, the winemaker, is on with us today. And, you know, Katie, we were talking during the break about um, youth and farming today. And we are seeing a whole new generation of winemakers in Virginia. And uh, we're seeing a lot of young women get involved as well, which is really an, a wonderful thing because for so long, uh, whether it was winemaking, farming, or the sommelier track, uh, it was really, and it still is, a male-dominated world. But how does that female perspective, do you think, help in what you do? I think it helps because women, you know, <laughs> we're, we're the more sensitive sex. You know, we, we just have, I, I don't know what it is about women in, in farming. I'm not saying that we're better than men or, or anything like that. It's just, I mean, I, when, when Kachal first signed on with us, I was so excited. Yeah, I mean, I remember reading her resume and saying, oh my gosh, we just, we have to have her on the team. Um, because she just she brings a, a sense of humility to the wines. I mean, she's not making wines to win, you know, the Governor's Cup. She doesn't want to win, you know, best of class. I mean, it's it's great when we do, and you know, we're happy. We pop a bottle of bubbly and celebrate. But she's making wine to last. She's making wine because it's it's you know a piece of her, and and that's what I love about working with Catal is she throws herself, you know all in she's 100 percent in and and kind of reminds me of my dad when he you know started this business like you know he always likes to joke um you know 99 cents doesn't make a dollar and, and never will and unless you give 110 percent of yourself it's, it's just not going to be enough so so I, I love working with the two of them in the winery it's it's 
it's definitely an awesome team to be a part of. So when you say, you know, sense of place, it's more than just the land. Oh, for sure. It, 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 it's a piece of you. It, mm-hmm. It's, you know, all those hours every day, blood, sweat, tears, you know, our, our, our fingerprints are all over those bottles. I mean, literally and, and figuratively. And your winemaking style is, is dictated by how much you pour in um, of yourself to the wine. A lot of pride and a lot of love for sure. Now, you've been, uh, you're getting ready to celebrate your 10th anniversary in the Virginia wine scene coming up next year. Uh, you have any, yep. do you guys have any expansion plans or any new varietals you're kind of uh, toying around with? So, I think as far as construction goes, I think Dad's a little sad <laughs> that there's nothing left to build. I'm sure he'll, he'll think of something and he'll come up with something. But um, as far as expansion goes, I would love to kind of start scouting out uh, a little bit more space either here on our property or um, here in Loudoun to uh, grow a couple more varietals. I would definitely love to actually start growing Merlot and Cap Franc, a little bit more Chardonnay. We are doing a sparkling Blanc de Blanc that will come online um, next year. Oh, very cool. So I would love to, to amplify that in our portfolio, um, maybe grow a little bit more Carmenere. We'll see. But um, we're, we're just kind of talking about it right now. Um, we're really happy to be small. I mean, we only make about 1,200 to 1,800 cases per year. Because what we get in the vineyard is what we get. Um, we do bring in Merlot and Cap Franc from our neighbors or, you know, as long as it's Virginian, for sure. Um, nothing outside of the state. But um, we're, we're really proud of our estate for, and where we've come in the last 10 years. And sure, you're one of the smaller guys, but it's so nice to see the commitment to tradition and also the commitment to uh, elevating Virginia as a whole. We're seeing some tremendous growth within the industry, and to uh, really be true to the soil, true to our roots is such an important thing, I think, to really elevate the industry as a whole. Yeah, I mean, as I I mentioned on the phone to you um, earlier during the break, it's very easy to buy fruit outside of the state. You know, California has hundreds and hundreds of vineyards, you know, sometimes it's cheaper to buy the fruit there but um you know california is not calling me for my chardonnay <laughs> so why would i call them it, it's definitely a pride of place and um really again it's it's virginia fruit it's virginia wine if even if it's a percent of california juice it, it, it detracts you know what i mean so we're we're definitely committed to uh to growing and hopefully growing more high quality virginia fruit and virginia grapes in the future well, I'm sure a lot of people uh, in the Charlottesville area may have not had a chance to head up to visit you yet. So uh, tell uh, everyone how they can get to you, how they can find you, and uh, obviously to go say hi to your sister. That's the general manager of the tasting room. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, Anna. She's she's the glue that holds us together, um, for sure. Um, so we are open Thursday through Monday. Our hours on Thursday are two, from 2 to 6 p.m. And then uh, Friday through Monday, uh, 11 to 6 p.m. We do have a last call at 5.30, so we stop serving alcohol at 5.30. Um, but the easiest way to get to us is um, right down Route 7. I mean, we're 10 minutes from the outlet malls in Leesburg, so you can make a really fun day of it. Um, but we are part of the Harmony Cluster. So, the, again, the easiest way is just to come up from 7 or Route 9, and we're right off Canby Road, right down the road. And with gravel, so don't bring the nice car. And don't bring the <laughs> bring nice the shoes. Or the SUV, you know. And if I could just but, say uh, a shout- The best way to contact us, again, is either through our website or, you know, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, too, okay. um, for holiday closings and things like that. It's always best to either give us a call in the tasting room or, or check out the website. And what is the website? 
It's www.castanelvineyards.com. Awesome. It's castanelvineyards.com. Check them out. Take a nice drive. Maybe do a little shopping. Grab some wine. You know, it sounds like a perfect day. And uh, not only the, uh, you, you want to make sure you don't bring your good shoes either, ladies, because uh, the yeah, gravel no can eat them up. Yeah, the gravel, ladies. I'm amazed <laughs> how many. I'm, I, I've been guilty of that from time to time, and I've, I've since learned, so you'll be proud of me. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but I look forward <laughs> I to coming. I traded in my uh, heels for work boots a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably a requirement in the field. So, Katie, it has mm-hmm. been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time with us today, and I uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, likewise, Crystal. This is, this is awesome. Thank you again for, uh, for giving us a voice. We Abs- appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to uh, head over to my website, crystalpallet.com, to catch up on all of my previous episodes. And I'll see you back here next Saturday, same time. Cheers.